Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at Peter Howdy on Twitter. This week we finish up our conversation with Travis May from Mojo, where he lays the groundwork, the background to these prospects and what we should think of them moving forward. And I lied last week; we actually have just a little bit more tight end stuff. And then, then we're gonna sum up the class and put it in perspective of actual NFL players, which I really wanted to do this episode. And then we're going to go back to rookies and talk about quarterbacks because I forgot them. So we're just going to get let Travis do that because I didn't want to. Let's talk to Travis. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and there's a man once. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, yeah, if you do, if you like conditional formatting, Michael Mayer is going to be green everywhere. Yeah. Every way you yeah. want to sort it, he's going to be near the top. And, uh, He's basically, to me, he's not going to run fast enough to be like, oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. But like, he's going to be, um, he's going to be Zach Ertz for a really long time. And, uh, and that's, oh, okay. Yeah, that was positive. I thought you were going to say something more negative there. No. I haven't been particularly interested. Like Trey McBride last year is more exciting to me than Michael Meyer is this yeah. year. But, but Trey McBride, combine, yeah, which matters a little bit. Yeah. But I, Mike, yeah, Michael Mayer though. He was one of those guys that we've known was going to be a hit since he was like, I don't know, 16 or 17. Like he was the tight end version of Trevor Lawrence and uh, Justin Fields kind of like he was like one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated, like tight end. Like, <laughs> like he was way, way, way up there. And so like five star uh, tight end do really well typically. And the other tight end in this class that was in his class, but was Technically, an athlete designation, but was actually ended up being a tight end. Um, was Darnell Washington of Georgia? That's a player that I think is drafted second among tight ends in this class. But mm. his his numbers are going to be like bleh, gross. Like when you look at him. Um, oh, I've got him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even put him into the short list of players to look at. So good to know. Thanks. Yeah, and it's one of the, he's one of those players. Like if you actually stood next to him. Uh, you'd just be like, okay, yes, yeah, he's he's going in the first round. You know, <laughs> Fair enough, that because is a thing with tight ends; like they just have to be built distinctly different. Yeah, it's like because the dude is legitimately six seven, maybe close to six eight, and like two eighty, and then fast. <laughs> like he's not well. Okay, bear with me. Fast for that size because he's not gonna. He he probably doesn't even run oh, uh, at the combine, right. but he's like fast for that size because he's built like. Like a, he's built like a creative player on Madden 2003, you know, <laughs> okay. like you make the waist skinnier than it should possibly be. And then the legs aren't quite what they should be at that build, but his shoulders are like 14 feet wide and he could be an offensive lineman or a tight end or a wide receiver or whatever the heck you wanted to be on a field or, or a defense, you know, defensive end, defensive tackle, whatever. Um, he's just that kind of player. And he was actually rated above Michael Mayer in their class barely, but both were five stars. Interesting. And and you're someone who's consistently been stubbornly for star ratings. I, I refuse to go and collect them and acknowledge them because I there's only so deep I want to go, Travis. Well, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing always, with Washington yeah. is he played 14 games this last season and never had more than two touches a game in that or any other so like yeah he just hasn't shown up in any of my productive metrics but yeah i mean and when you Woods share matters, targets right when it you combines. share targets with next year's tight end one that's oh, yeah. why yeah what's his name brock bowers 
I've heard that name. Yeah, that probably means something because I don't hear a lot of names. All right, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, we'll just put them on the maybe Julia Woods list and move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. That's actually an interesting comp because I think so. Donnie Woods cut a bunch of weight for the combine so he could run a silly forty and get drafted. But he was he was another huge like six seven two eighty kind of actual play weight guy, um, mm. without the pedigree. But yeah, and it doesn't matter. Uh, there's actually three avenues of uh, questioning I want to get you out on. One is what do you think of the 2022 class? Now we've seen the first year, and I specifically thought of that because you're just making me more interested in Trey McBride right now. And mm. um, the other one is. Uh, and like, who do you think might be underrated if there is anyone after the first season? Please say David Bell. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the other one is expectations into the NFL with these players, because at a certain point you have to draw a line, like go get these players, even though it's too late. And someone told you three years ago, if you were listening to you and the campus podcast, um, but like, you got to draw a line at some point. Like you, you don't want to trade Jefferson or Chase. Is that the only line you would not trade into the top five in this class, or is there more? You see what I'm trying to go with with that angle. Yeah, no, there's um, there's definitely it's it's more we overvalue these, and we're way more confident when than we should be in all these players, and and I'm sure the the posture and tone that I've been taking is way more confident than I should be about these players. Uh, but yeah, and so I, I think it's definitely not the not near the the chase line, but. Um, no, but, I, um, I yeah. definitely used to blame it all on that, but I like it's not just that. It's we talk about the rookie class in isolation, and we want to, mm-hmm. like, I want to tell you how great this player is. But when you hear straight positive things for thirty minutes, or in this case, two hours at this point, or something, and it's in isolation. If we were talking about him in context of these other players that we also like, to, I think it's because yeah. we talk about rookies in isolation so much. Yeah. Positivity can be overweighted. And that's why I kind of wanted to bring it in a little bit. Like, um, but then we start in with comps and crappiness. So instead I was just more thinking about trades, like mm-hmm. <laughs> at what point do you stop trading for these 2023? And for me, I've been assuming, although there is a lull before the draft, the 2023 picks in the top five, top six, top seven, I just have been overpriced for about a year. Yeah, there really have been. I don't think there's a way in in most, in my leagues, no. In most leagues, I don't know. I don't know the leagues, whoever's listening to this, whoever does listen to me, is playing in. There might still be a way. So, um, yeah, some way could you camp what your expectation is for some of these high-level top seven players this year's class? Like, it's not just Jason Jefferson. I know that's a very no, broad question. But, but, yeah, I think, um, like, once once a player is actually verified what we think they're capable of in the NFL, in, in a way, they're already – they're a bump and a notch above whatever prospect we want to talk about in, in the next year. Um, yeah. Just right. because, you know, as much as they might be very good, they might also turn out to be Kyle Pitts. And so – uh, which is a song. <laughs> hey, hey, it's been solid, man. It's been lots of yards. No, uh, anyway. let me try and context for it. Like, uh, Garrett Wilson, great, Chris Olave, yes. amazing rookie season. Yep, and I would prefer JSN both of them. I would actually still prefer both of them to JSN, oh. despite them saying that they are not as good as JSN. And despite JSN being the wide receiver one in this class, I would still, uh, still take both of them. 
Is that the stock market version of you to a side of you talking? Because you know there's more bumps that can happen than and we've already got the smooth runway of a good it rookie is. season for the other. I, I think it is. I think my my thought process has been very influ in, in, very much influenced by thinking through every single player as just in singular probability distribution. Um, I think that's a really. Fa- I mean, not that yeah, we have to pretend we're we are playing stock markets, just playing little dynasty leagues, but. You do have to respect that JSN can be best player ever, and there's just more that can get in the way. He yeah. can land on the Titans, for example. Yeah, Sorry. God bless him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, by the way. Uh, or get injured or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to admit. And and that line's significantly lower. We're talking about wide receiver, what, uh, Garrett Wilson, Olave, probably at least in the top 12. So mm-hmm. at least talking outside the top 13 wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that's a fair line. And outside of Bajon Robinson, who's now the dynasty running back one, like if if no one was aware, I think he's the running back one in dynasty now. Yeah, um, and that blows the mind of, of people that don't play dynasty or Debbie. Like, I would go as far to say is basically as soon as NFL regular season, like you're, whenever your fantasy yeah. championship ended, yeah. the next day, Bijan Robinson was the running back one in dynasty. I mean, I think it was worth thinking that before. Like, again, I hadn't even looked, and I was like, okay, so that guy's over the uh, Brees Hall this year already. Yeah. I mean, and it is ago. weird, but the sooner you can accept it, that it's, again, it's like what we were just saying about wide receivers. It's not that you're accepting, I like this player better than that player more. It's just mm-hmm. the bumps and the deficits aren't there for rookie running backs versus rookie wide receivers like he's gonna be high drafted gonna go into a great team all of these are value bumps or at least solidification it's like less questions not more questions the further we get along yeah and Bijan was getting taken ahead of uh Brees uh when they both were still in college like and we knew Bijan was another year out already in many cases I I err on the side of caution a little bit uh in Debbie and I was preferring Brees barely just because I was like, he's probably going to, just because of the the climate of the running back, you know, situation in the league could be in the running back one overall conversation himself prior to Bijan actually getting into the league. And so I wanted him and he was before going down with injury. Brees was uh, the dynasty running back one for like a hot second. Right. Like I I think if if he wasn't, he was at least in the conversation. Um, But I would still right now prefer Bijan. Yeah. 2022 rookies with your stock market brain on your deep like seriously i have a, I'm, I'm making jokes but i have heard you talk about how excited you are to watch the behind the scenes value mm-hmm. calculations and like oh my gosh dude there's a real nerd living on the opposite side yeah, of the screen i literally like, i can't tell you how it works but like, i can say it's absurd but like before like if you're sitting imagine you're sitting at, sitting at home looking at the app uh and watching the game on tv before you even see what happens on your TV, the price will have made the change that it needs to before you can even click anything. Wow. That's, I, I, I don't, mean, it's the pretty, robots, the robots no, are going to take over here soon. I'll, I'll just say that. I, I so. mean, <laughs> my life's run by half of them as it is. Yeah. And my best friend's like an AI bot. I, I, why not? Why not just yeah. go all the way? Basically. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do know you're deeply involved. That's the thing. Like I'm making jokes, but you are interested, which means that you get involved and you know a lot. And so you have a good in-depth uh, view on this. Like last episode, I was talking to Tyler, the FF creator, or Tyler FF creator. Sorry, I keep putting another the in there. 
And we were, I was talking to him about uh, how ADP is borrowing consensus opinion. Like, it's okay to just assume other people aren't dumb sometimes. In fact, all the time. And <laughs> ADP reflects the experience of the season. Like, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams were disappointing year ones. But they didn't drop that far. Because, mm-hmm. again, Dynasty, we know who to give time to and who not to give time to. Saying everyone gives up too soon or too quickly is probably being unfair to everyone because we're all paying attention to a lot of stuff. Can we and, just acknowledge the fact that there were conversa- conversations about Ty Montgomery versus De- Devontae Adams, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, some people, some people. <laughs> sorry, not not people, some analysts. That's where yeah. the dumbness, because everyone's trying to be first yeah. and to try and find the sneaky take, and we say mm-hmm. dumb things. But I think ADP is just people to play Dynasty or keep trade cut. And I think they there's some insulation there. So what I want to know from you is there anyone from this class or even the last few who you think might be that stock market opportunity guy who's disappointed and maybe has dropped a little far even though people aren't too dumb uh rondo moore was one i thought was a little overlooked this season and this season he kind of proved it a little bit but then got hurt again um because my argument was good college profile athletic freak hadn't played football in two years and the rookie season wasn't too terrible give away all your stock market secrets, but you've got, you're in on this. So I figure you might be the perfect guy to ask that me and Tyler went back and forward over it, but we don't know. I, I will say, um, the so like the fantasy community and, and so Mojo is not a fantasy. Um, no. it's not PPR, right? It's, it's got a custom formula and that's not, that's not proprietary. Like we make it, Hey, this is the calculation that populates their uh, actual productive price like mm. real live stats equals this banked mojo value this dollar figure um and so the the fantasy community is is fairly certain and was fairly certain that Jahan dotson even though he was like a first round pick um it just wasn't very good and like he was uh like he I was may have drafted. fallen into that category i made a mistake yeah. I yeah, definitely. I, mean, I, I think I was definitely too low on him. And, and it's not like his his um, his first season was uh, was insane. Like he he didn't. It wasn't I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. in in his first no, year. No. But you yeah. know he, he was. He did score seven times. Hey guys, it score touchdowns. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like him a lot. He had like thirty yeah. plus routes per game, and I mm-hmm. increasingly I think that's important. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe in what year we one. Underrate. Yeah. yeah, people that get on the field, we may underrate because we're so addicted to the efficiency. Targets per route run. Instead, yeah. just 30 times a game, the team was like, there's no one else I want on this route than Jahan yeah. Dotson. That's, yeah. that's a really good point. They're invested. McCorin's um, already somehow old, by the way, which is weird. Um, I don't know if you like, he's already actually like 27 uh, or something like that because uh, he came into the league like 24. But um, right. And so like Dotson's in a good spot to see his role expand the further along he goes just because, um, you know, McCormick might not even be able to be there long-term. Um, mm. You know, he might just be getting priced out at some point. And so, and, and they, they could, you know, give Dotson a year five uh, option on his contract. So they keep him cheaper than he would be in the free market. And he's just this guy who's, who's year over year steadily producing wide receiver three kind of numbers with a few mm. explosive performances. And he turns out to be way more useful than we actually give him credit for and ever did as a prospect either. And I think Mojo is way ahead of that in terms of how they're pricing him. Like, because they're mapping his career. Like, get this. Like, when I look at um, 
and this is not my endorsement to say go buy him because I can't actually legally do that. But I'm just saying, like, when you look at the, uh, but I, I am saying it is interesting because when you look at this for, through like a fantasy lens, like yeah. Michael Thomas, like the good Michael Thomas, is is actually cheaper. Just you know, I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know because of what he's done, it's incredible. But when you look at like what he's expected to do in the future, we don't know with him, right? Um, but somebody who has done what Jahan Dotson has done in, in year one with the capital says, hey, um, any kind of proprietary formula uh, or model building, anything like that is really st- like stupid bullish, despite him um, only having accumulated like one dollar of what is like on Mojo, like a uh, dollar of production in year one. No, like, the, the confidence is high. And it's funny because like the market, like in action surrounding him, nobody's shorting him, even though like hmm. he's like $12 and change, which is around Michael Thomas. It's ahead of George Pickens. It's ahead of Deontay Johnson. It's ahead of Treylon Burks, um, right near Cortland uh, Sutton, actually, almost identical to Cortland Sutton. And so, but he doesn't fit in that conversation necessarily all the time in terms of how we've valued those players in prior years uh, and, and even where we value some of them now in dynasty leagues, uh, despite the fact that he's very good. That's fascinating. You mentioned Michael Thomas and he and um, Cooper Cup both way, I mean, moving away from Mojo, like reduced ADPs for age. I think we're doing, like for Rana, I thought that adjusting to what the NSL season is likely to bring might be one of the few areas as an edge left because dynasty players are smart and they do what they do, but sometimes that's mistimed. And this year we've pushed young running backs up and old wide receivers down because that's what Dynasty does and it's a smart overall process. But I think we should be expecting new young running backs and I don't think the wide receiver landscape is too likely to change. But that's I think your main point is about Jahan Dotson. But yeah. I, I think that's interesting that Michael Thomas comes up in that range as well. Yeah, and, and, and just to kind of frame that a little bit more because, again, this is it's not a fantasy app. It is... Um, a mix of what he already has done in terms of his banked actual accumulated stats and um, what we project him to do in the future, which is not much. And so um, despite their future versus banked being almost completely inverted, Jahan is projected for more. Interesting. And obviously it's perilous to try and equate Mojo to fantasy or make decisions based on any of this. But I I do think those are interesting names that come up in that range and also waiting towards legal territory. So I'm just going to back off it entirely. Yeah, but it's just, it just speaks to the fact (laughs) of like, you know, in in fantasy, we might just be discounting in um, just the real football, football value of a player and what a a very, you know, kind of increasingly liquid market would say about his, uh, confidence in his future where we're, we're almost always looking through a lens of like my 12 team league. And that defines, I usually get out on the, who are you targeting dynasty leagues, but you got no time for dynasty leagues. Now you're playing campus to can and mojo. So I, you know? I, I will say, I, I will say I, I have, um, I, I don't like cutting leagues, but I, I actually have my wife and I just announced this. We're having our second child this this coming this summer. Oh wow! Yeah, and so um, that's, that's exciting. So yeah. I've got this, you know, very busy, uh, especially during football season. Like he's due in the summer, and so it's right before football season. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just not my bandwidth is going to be 
uh, strained. And so I just like, I'm not going to, so I had to cut like seriously half my leagues. It's just, I had, I'm having to, I'm going through a kind of a re- reprioritization period. No, I think that's justified. Travis, another yeah. kid on the way already yeah. a, a time, what I imagine is a time consumption job. I don't yeah. know why I can't think of words right now, but no, uh, definitely. Okay. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank that's you. Thank you. And you announced it here first, obviously. That's I just ignore the other <laughs> thing you say. This is where you come to announce all your babies. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All your fantasy industry folks, just come on here and announce it. And thanks <laughs> Thank for taking you. the time to come on this uh, tiny little podcast to give us uh, some insight into the 2023 class. Given all those time constraints, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks very much. Yeah, man. Glad to. I, mean, I am surprised we didn't get into more of uh, quarterback stuff. But uh, oh, we can yeah. <laughs> if you want, but I have nothing to like. I have been looking at them. The PFS stuff gives me an insight. I've just been recalculating SIPO. I don't think I've done it right because it's not working particularly well. But the accuracy no. percentage um, and also the QB rating is also kind of always interesting. Um, but I've been looking at uh, points per game overexpected based on their age, which is not ideal for quarterbacks, but it's kind of my, what I already had in there as default. And that was showing some signal for quarterbacks, which is where Stroud and Young show up. There's also a guy called Grayson McCall. Don't know who he is, but he showed up way too high probably. Yeah. He, he's not in this class either. He decided he's, he's going back to okay. Coastal Carolina, but he, he was eligible and he's very intriguing because he has like three of the most efficient seasons ever. Um, you know, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. No, I, another note. You're just helping clean up my database at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love for you to teach me about quarterbacks, but it's one of those things. You know, I have to know something about it to be taught. It's. it's mm. I think but, the league's actually figured something out. I will say that. I, there does seem to be a change. There, there's been taught. a shift in, t- in terms of how teams prioritize and how they draft. Um, hmm. And this class will be really telling to see how committed the league as a whole is to this shift in favoring analytics and QB accuracy, uh, like proven measurable uh, in more ways than one QB accuracy on high samples um, and mobility and what they value more just because the two best passers and playmakers through the air in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud don't necessarily have the upside of rushing that we've seen from the, the, the quarterbacks in just the previous classes that they love. Uh, but it's, you know, good enough. I guess it's a greater than zero rushing yards, but not great. And then you have Will Levis, which is ridiculously inconsistent and, and straight up in, just inaccurate at, at times on the simplest passes. Um, oh, Will Levis. Yet, yeah, I've had some conversation about him. Yeah, yeah. but at, and yet, like, there's buzz about him and his, his odds to be the first overall selection. Uh, have been going well depending on how you do it down like it, it, i think it went down to nine to one which i'm like gross but <laughs> and, and then you have, sorry that was fun <laughs> it's you know it's just funny because like if the lead thinks that levis has a good profile mm. then i they have not made the progress then i think they have um, so I was that's the name of, that's what I was gonna ask. Who are we looking at to see if they're making this shit? And it's Will Levis. If Will Levis gets it will be Will Levis that. that absolutely just breaks it because he's below the 80th percentile, and that's of like all quarterbacks in college. Mm. Um, so like in drafted quarterbacks, it's not good. Like they're actually in the last two years hasn't been a profile profile that's gotten drafted that's as bad as Will Levis. 
like at all. Like even like Brock Purdy, the last pick of the draft. No, uh, no. And so, but then you get even worse through the air with uh, Anthony Richardson, who's like a sub 40th percentile kind of passer um, from an advanced like scheme adjusted, like pass efficiency standpoint. Uh, yeah, yeah, minus three point nine CPO as I'm currently calculating it's, it. It's, 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 it's bad. It's no, I will bad. say I, I heard Will Levis's name, and even though I don't do it for context, I, it's just a mystery to me at this point. Like I got Patrick Mahomes right, I quit. Um, I got Josh Allen wrong. I'm I'm even. I'm good. Um, but I went and looked at him obviously because you hear the name mentioned. And I was like, this. Guy, I was expecting at least a Billy Zappy Zap. Uh, however, yeah, Zappy. Names. Um, Zapdos profile, like really <laughs> accurate, high completion percentage relative to where he's playing, at least. Yeah. And just no, it just looks just yeah. looks like bad. Yeah, I'm glad to know that wasn't completely wrong. I was like, oh, no. maybe I just don't and understand. That's just so confusing because it's like, if he gets capital, well, crap, like he's gonna get some kind of shot, you know. So, um, yeah. but I, I remind people last year, this time, Matt Corral and Malik Willis, uh, and Sam Howell were consistently confidently mocked inside of, of round one um, everywhere. So yeah. maybe things change. Um, it would, it would, I don't know. I just don't think they're going to have the, the same opportunity to prove that they shouldn't be those guys. Like, I don't know. A couple of those guys Sam went to the Howell. senior bowl. Yeah. What? Sorry. Can I? No, uh, finish the thought. By you know, some of those guys I went to the senior bowl and it may have even hurt them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, but, yeah, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson aren't doing that. They're not doing the all-star circuit at, like at all, to my knowledge. Um, so, Tom. So, it's the negative prospects. and There isn't like a secret rushing upside. Uh, it's Richardson actually the opposite is that. in this class. Richardson is that. The truth. Richardson oh, is okay. Uh, I see what you That's where Richardson is a – he's one of those guys, like, he was uh, – I don't know if you remember Netflix's QB one series. They like followed along yeah. like some high school players and blah, 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 uh, that were going to be big deal uh, prospects. Anyway, they canceled the show and it was rumored that they were actually already filming at Anthony Richardson in his, his final high school season. Uh, right. He was like a big deal. Like in high school, he was like already six, three two forty or something nuts. Um, and so he looks like Cam Newton, but he's like faster. And so, uh, from a rushing standpoint, it's like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Uh, but at the same time, like if you adjust for, even if you don't adjust for era, uh, Cam Newton's passing profile was leaps and bounds double, uh, way, way better than Anthony Richardson. Yeah, like Kellen Mond's passing profile is better than this. Way Richardson better. Way, way better. And, and, and then you get in the, the mess of like, oh, wow, he only like started like less than 15 games. Like, what are we, what? Huh? Yeah, um, I'm like looking for one, and I can't find any that was that low. <laughs> oh yeah, um, uh, he'll be the worst. In fact, in in like the modern, what I say is the modern like analytical era, which is like 2016 and on, because like all the services have like all the advanced stats back to 2016 that I found, and so like from 2016 on, there hasn't been a profile this bad that's gotten uh, first in terms of being a passer. That's gotten first round capital um, at all. Drew, Drew Locke? Nope. As close as I can find quickly. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's better, but yeah. like it's the closest I found, like 55% in 
I think that's completion percentage. I forget what I'm looking up here. Yeah. Versus 47% for Richardson. So still much more terrible, but that's probably the lowest I can think of. Yeah. So we're going to find out what the league has done in terms of progressing in, in committing to proven passers. Um, You know, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't have a crazy problem with a a late first round flyer on a Levis or a Richardson, but even so that's probably still a bad process, but the buzz now is that they're both going to be, you know, early, early first, maybe. And I, that's I, get why I, I guess I was having trouble uh, understanding your full argument because you're one of the few people or not one of the few, one of the many, but quiet people who knew that Justin Fields was an above average passer. And so was oh yeah, uh, like, Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance. Where are you at him in him? He wasn't nearly as bad as like he was 60%, I think, completion percentage in his conference or something it's not yeah. great but and, and when you do some kind of advanced um looking at, at the data in terms of overall efficiency he was basically perfect nearly perfect. Oh, okay nearly perfect um but it was against i mean nobody um <laughs> and so he basically he's just he's a unicorn because he put up the perfect season through the air and on the ground Minus maybe uh, you'd like to see a higher per- completion percentage, but he had a deep eight out, whatever. And um, and then he didn't play at all hardly for a year. And then his one game came against Central Arkansas, and it was bad. And then he got drafted, like, in the really first round, high. confidently. And so, f- yeah, I don't know what to do. I, I never knew what to do with him. I was always taking Fields and Lawrence over him. Um, and obviously would do that now. <laughs> but uh, – uh, I'm not confident at all that he's the guy, even for the 49ers uh, at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, no. I was going to say because on field, fantasy wise, at least he's put up numbers. And I, again, this is a guy worlds above where Anthony Richardson seems to be. If we wanted yeah. to look further into yeah. that, because at some point I'm going to have to bite the bullet and do it. Where what's the first step in trying to look at that completion percentage or that accuracy? a little more complexly, like you were saying, if you do get into it, is it ADOT? You mentioned a high ADOT. Is that the first step? Yeah. I think ADOT has a lot, uh, does a lot for cleaning. Makes sense. Like, like, um, both like uh, completion percentage and like uh, if you adjust for the ADOT, unlike some, uh, you know, like adjusted yards per attempt numbers, like if you adjust for the ADOT, like a deeper ADOT can inflate that and then uh, account for a certain percentage of the variance in um, the adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, as well as, of course, the completion percentage, because if you are throwing three yard passes versus 13 yard passes, it, you know, it's much different. Um, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, ADOT is a big one. I also adjust for and this takes some annoying cleaning and adjusting and uh, standardizing, which is why I don't really talk about this metric very much. But uh, I adjust for play action percentage and uh, various types of motion percent usage in um, a scheme. To essentially, because both like jet motion specifically, not as strong, but like and uh, play action percentage account for a good percentage of um, variance in a a player's overall pass efficiency. Looking through two lenses, like that CPO, that completion percentage over expected, and um, building out like an adjusted yards per attempt over over expectation. Um, And so, and so yeah, like like the average rate of play action called. What I'm going to try and get you out and back to your wife and your wonderful child uh, on is 
would you give us like again you're not going to be able to break it down three years advance the way you did with the 2023 class necessarily but too long didn't read what to expect with 24 and 25 give us a heads up while we investigate because we just care about 23 rookies but if yeah. you're going to put a, a bug in our ear about those two next classes what what would it be I, I would say that um covid uh, did a number of things to the entire world but it, to the college football world it gave everyone a free pass and an extra year of eligibility to use at virtually any time that you wanted to. Um, and so that's, that's causing, especially at the quarterback position players to realize, Hey, I have this extra year of eligibility. Hey, there's this name image likeness thing that just came about. I can get paid. And even though I probably know I'm not going to be better than a late round pick, if, if not if an undrafted free agent, if I go to the league now, I could stay and maybe make a million dollars. And so you have, um, you know, not just a handful, like the majority of, of, of guys who could have declared this year just going, nah, I'm good. Like like the entire quarterback draft class that could have been this year would have made this class really deep, like really deep. But um, now it's like basically 20 passers in total. Like it's, uh, there's barely more than 20 uh, division one passers, like FBS passers at all in this class. Like, People are trying to get excited about a Division II guy who went to Shepard because this class got emptied so badly. Right. But what? But his his dad's a world class arm wrestler, by the way. Cool story. Oh, nice. His, his name's Tyson Bajan. But um, next year's group is is going to be perhaps the oldest group of quarterbacks we've ever seen, uh, and that's saying something because this year we already have like ten quarterbacks in this group who are going to be twenty five by the end of their rookie year. Um. It's going to be the oldest collective year, but it's also going to have the best quarterback prospect that we've had in maybe ever in Caleb Williams. And then um, a handful of other really intriguing guys. Like it, it could be one of those years where it just breaks the expected outcome of capital. Like we have three guys that actually hit from day two just because uh, there's so many old, old guys with really fun peaks to their profile. Um, so yeah. So it has a knock-on effect. 24 is going to have a lot of older passes, which you usually discount, but they're actually older for this extra reason, not because they this delayed coming. Really out. odd reason that they're like, hey, I'm just going to get paid now. And, well, I mean, uh, why not? Yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> and right. bet on myself to go back and prove myself and, and get capital. But everybody else had the same idea. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have a bunch of old geezers coming out with crazy 95th percentile but they're actually good prospects the in 20 yeah they are and, and and they will have had a much much larger sample size of production in many cases uh, so that makes it that makes it really fun um the other positions i'm not as confident and uh i really love the tight end one there is one tight end that is stupid good and that's brock bowers um in the next two drafts um, and then the quarterbacks in 25 could be interesting, but almost none of them saw action this year. Like, so I don't know what the heck to do with 25. Like the only way that is redeemed is if like, uh, some of the guys who are eligible next year, again, use their COVID eligibility, the highest concentration of the olds. And then we'll see that, that dissipate <laughs> in 2025, but we'll see a few lingering examples of that. But that, that to say, all that to say, um, I am intrigued by, the future of the quarterback position in the NFL, because on top of this crazy, weird stacked class in 24, uh, we have the best set of quarterback recruits that we've ever seen coming into college right now. 
and they're eligible in 2026. And so we could see this awesome 24, 26 sandwich of like, hey, the NFL is set for the next 15 years at quarterback. Um, and so. No, that's yeah. awesome. I I only asked for 25 and you're giving me 26 takes. You can just keep rolling. If yeah, man. <laughs> no, yeah. I appreciate that. That's but, you know, you. Thanks very much. Yeah. A wide receiver's fun, but I've just lived so much in the analytical world of, of quarterback and we're maybe seeing something we might never see again at that position specifically because of the COVID eligibility. So it's just intriguing more than anything. It didn't hit wide receiver and running back as much, the whole COVID eligibility and standing it a year. It did some, but we saw more um, more uh, early declares um, in terms of like a percentage of players that we thought would go, you know? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the payday that you can get just by being a living, breathing quarterback in, at, at, for a college team. So Brock Bowers or Kyle Pitts is obviously the question I have to finish it off with. Who's better? Who's a better prospect? Kyle Pitts is a better prospect, but oh. Brock Bowers um, is close. Uh, his, his weight, I'm not sure how much he weighs. Um, so that'll be interesting just because like his comps will be maybe a little weird. But his receiving profile is going to be absolutely stupid. Like he was like the de facto wide receiver one as a true freshman at the tight end position, you know, <laughs> you know, at age 18. So it's, it's, I, I can't wait. I just can't wait to see John Bosch get really excited. <laughs> oh, he's going to have all the Brock. Uh, he's he's going to have, have every one. single Brock Bauer <laughs> share. He's going to be training his Kyle Pitt shares from Brock Bauer shares. <laughs> Extra <laughs> years. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, no, I got. I, I have a million more things actually. I was gonna lie there, but no, I, I think we're gonna end it there. That's fascinating. Really appreciate it, Travis. Thanks very much. Hey, dude, this is fun. You gonna still be doing the podcast at all a little bit, or can, yeah, and that's can meet been you on Twitter when you're around. I guess. Yeah, we've Travis been. Um, yeah, and I've had. Thankfully, I mean, I, and I'm not. I, I am grateful for the people who've reached out and have been so encouraging throughout the last uh, four months as I've transitioned to Mojo, and I've frankly been less available. I'm no longer doing it, any written content uh, aside of like some copy and um, ghost writing and stats pitching at Mojo or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I have kind of taken a brief break from the podcasting as I've been just transitioning uh, here recently. But yeah, Stefan and I are still planning on doing the, the College Again podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just been weird because I'm not doing the constant content, but I'm I'm living deeper in it all than I ever have. So I, right. I, I want to make myself available to those who care to ask. Um, and so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Um, and that's the best place. And I try to reply to every DM that I, I get. I definitely do the whole thing where I click it and then I forget, forget to respond sometimes. So sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I, I appreciate the conversations and um, most people approach with really earnest, solid uh, um, questions and some people want to just troll me about some take i have on an undersized running back but that's fine i'll accept that too but uh yeah yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so jake on the table and they on the place though pete enumerates the plays they're analytical picking my nose don't really know if i like that 
picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart the film as an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.